Begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It's Chris, joined by Ben for Outer Rim Transmission, episode 140. There is a lot to go over this week. There is a lot of stuff that has come out in the last week, within the last couple hours, if I'm being honest. So we're going to do our damn best to try to cover it all in tonight's episode. Uh, last week, I was like, hey, our main topic is going to be about, you know, sports and Star Wars, because... Hey, you're not used to seeing us on a Saturday night because we're not trying to compete with the Super Bowl. So our usual recording time is Sunday. We pushed back to today, Saturday, to get this all in because of, you know, the big game, as I call it. So we're going to get into our little icebreaker for, for this evening is Star, Star Wars sports, you know, just sports and Star Wars I'm going to throw over to you, Ben. I mean, there's some really cool stuff with episode one that we're going to be talking about later on this week, namely pod racing. So, yeah, just a that little conversation opener of Star Wars yeah. sports and pod racing and everything else in between. Yeah, let's definitely not compete with the, with the big game just because um, they're estimating it to be 200 million viewers tomorrow night. So, so yeah, let's let's not compete with them. Um, but, yeah, for... for uh, know star wars sports like there's there's so many different things with star wars sports like you said whether it be pod racers or even like the little um like the little football-esque thing you see getting played in attack of the clones in the bar um you know in the, in the underworld bar like those those sorts of and uh, i think club kenobi is it um so like you you know those things and then even you have uh even back to legends um, so like this week I was listening to, you know, I was continuing the second Thrawn, Hand of Thrawn book and, and like, uh, like when Mara and Luke were talking, she brings up, like, she made some like wisecrack, um, to Luke about him, like being like as clumsy as a, as a kid playing shock ball. And I was like, man, I wonder what that is. Like, is that like a, th I mean, I know it's not like, I know it's legends, but is there that must be that must have been like an old um like a legends thing because even in other legends books i remember the term shockball before so it must have been like a sport in like say the legends material and i i was going to bring that up as kind of like my sport to talk about because i uh i heard her say that and then you know i'd remember that being referenced before and i was like man i'm going to ask you you know have you heard of that before in like even current canon no, I actually was combing the good old Wikipedia, and I could not find much of anything with canon mm. Star Wars sports. I mean, what I was looking for is pod racing. They have riot racing, which, hey, that was a brand new addition to Star Wars with the Bad Batch Season 2, which was a great episode. The one that actually had tech racing and all that. And then Hutball, which is it's going to be canon. It was mentioned in the end of uh, Battle for the Arena, the Star Wars Hunters. Yeah, remember that game, Star Wars Hunters? I guess that could be considered an entire sport for that video game. It's just a bunch of people just in this arena fighting each other. You know, you got Mandalorians, you got like Sith wannabe acolytes that aren't really Sith, and, and a bunch of funny like wrestling tropes of people like becoming their persona and, and the whole idea of like this this funny fake, but you know, planned ahead kind of okay i'm gonna win this fight versus you it's like this whole take on wrestling in star wars but uh no as far as the thing you're mentioning i uh, i've never heard of it <laughs> interesting interesting yeah it was it's a common like thing i've heard i've heard it thrown around in um legends books before shock ball so it's like i wonder you know that must have been like the default like little star wars sport you know pre-pod racing pre like any of these things um in like the old legends material yeah, Ben, we got our uh, streams crossed a little bit on this one. According to Dark Nerdy Gonzo, 
Outlander Club uh, was the one that was actually in Attack of the Clones, and Club Obi Wan was actually in Indiana Jones at a top. Oh, game. okay. Hey, hey, now I'm I'm not on my full game. I'm I'm sick, so <laughs> so hey, I got I got a I got a credit there. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, I would just say like general swoop racing, right? Like we got yep. some stories with Han Solo recently in canon in the comics with Dengar and them, you know, racing swoops on, on um, Corellian. I'm pretty sure that's actually how Dengar, you know, got his, his burned skin, yep. which is why he wears all the, the wrappings is because of that reason. So you got that, but yeah, I, I'm not even sure what the heck those games were even called the football looking weird game with the droids and all in the back of, uh, you know, club outlander. I, I don't even know if we ever got a canonical name. I'm sure we do somewhere, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, you have that. I mean, even I guess even on like a like a darker sense, man. Starting the podcast off on a darker sense. I mean, is bullseyeing Womp Rats like a game? I guess like Luke and them acted like it was a game. So like you know, it's I guess that's their form of hunting. So like maybe maybe that's like a sport to Luke back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have some comments in the chat. First Star <laughs> Wars sport was in Droids cartoon. The Bunta speeder mm. bike swoop races. Bunta got recycled from George for episode one. Oh, that's interesting. I've still yet to see. I forget what they call it, the archives or something on Disney Plus. They have the droids and they have the Ewall cartoons. I've, I have watched the Ewall cartoons because I actually have the VHS tape right over there. Um, but I yeah, enjoyed the droids one as a kid. I really did. Like okay. I liked um, whoever the main character was. I don't know. I don't know why I liked him, but I like that guy. <laughs> Yeah, so so for all of you out there, you know, it, it's going to be Super Bowl, but it's like, all right, let, let's get to Buta Eve. That, that's the biggest, I guess, their Super Bowl of, of Star Wars. So, you know, it's, it's just interesting to see uh, the expanded universe when it comes to, you know, the real world kind of stuff, but played out in Star Wars with these gigantic sporting events that everybody's watching across the globe. Oh, yeah. I mean, if anything, not even really the Super Bowl. I mean, that's... um. That's pretty much the Daytona 500, you know, like that's <laughs> that's like that's like just modeled straight up after the Daytona 500, like the way it's set up, like the pod racers, the countdown, the flags of all the different the different racers, because like Daytona, you know, you have the flags representing a lot of the different racers. Oh. And then, you know, you have the announcers like it's literally set up just like just like the Daytona 500, actually, um, which I know that's why there are some people that critiqued phantom menace back in the day because of that reason like mm. because it was too similar to the daytona 500 and the two announcers were too say earth-like toward like okay. say the nascar racers like hyping up the crowd or whatever yeah and, and you know that george lucas right this guy's a huge racing fan like he almost lost his life as a teenager early teen or early adult racing a car then I think it was like a year or two, a couple of years ago, we seen him at one of those Grand Prix. He was in his own little booth and it was like the first time we seen George in like years and years of just this behind the scenes, like camera scene showing George Lucas was there with his wife or whatever. So yeah, you know, it's in his DNA to have the Grand Prix type of stuff. He's, he's a huge fan of that. So yeah, looking forward, looking forward to seeing more Star more sports and Star Wars generally. So there you go. There you go. So we have a lot to get through, as I mentioned earlier. But before we get started, some housekeeping here. We usually record Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, that'll be what we'll go, go back to for the following week. 
Um, and we do have the podcast available to download after the fact on usually Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday. I get that up. You can find that on Spotify. You can find that on Apple. And please give us a rate and review. And of course, you could just always watch the replay of this podcast if you'd rather watch us over on youtube.com slash starraptor. So there you have it. Very excited to get into this show. We had a couple of releases that came out this week, just namely with comics. Uh, we have Obi-Wan issue number five of six. If you've watched the episode, you've read the comic and vice versa. And then we have Mace Windu issue number one. I'm, I'm very much a fan of this one, Ben, because I was not a fan of Mace Windu, Jedi of the Republic. I felt it was pretty lame because we have a Clone Wars story and there's like barely there was like no clones uh, that was that was just the least of the problems i say that thinking that's like oh this is nitpick but there's there's a lot of things i liked about this about that one but no this mace windu number one is really cool because first and foremost it is taking place before the phantom menace this one's taking place before he was even on the jedi council he's still a jedi master but he's not on the council just yet so there's a lot of great action you see Mace Windu really being violent, really being vicious, as we know he was, right? There's just a lot of good material in here. He's basically trying to find out where this character is. He's got to, you know, exfiltrate this person out of this place that is a bunch of criminals. So it's Mace Windu at his best, just, you know, just just whooping some butt, man. It, it's pretty cool. So that's one out of four uh, for this miniseries. So you can check out my review over on this channel and me and Matthew will be talking about it next week because this week over on the Star Wars Underworld channel we were able to interview the writer of Bounty Hunters and the writer of the upcoming Django Fett miniseries Ethan Sachs so go ahead check out really great really great interview uh he was very generous with his time we were over an hour talking with Ethan Sachs one of the best coolest writers in Star Wars right now so that's over again on the Star Wars Underworld that is the tractor beam for this week so, getting into our first little story, and this one really excites me because I, I'm, I'm not the biggest Legends guy. I, ben, you, you know more than I do when it comes to this, you and Milton. Um, yep. But there's actually a Legends vehicle coming out that you can actually own and tangibly hold, and that is the E-Wing from Ahsoka. So, I just got a lot of kicks out of this because apparently you can pre-order it on Hasbro Pulse. I've seen this pop up on the usual, you know, social media handles of people caring about this stuff. I, again, I love looking at this stuff. I just don't have the space or the money that I want to put towards action figures. I'll be spending a lot of money on playing cards, training cards with Star Wars Unlimited in about three weeks. So yeah, not not anything in the budget to buy anything else besides besides a couple things right now. But what are your thoughts on this Ewing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's cool that they're releasing it. Um, like you said, with um, you know, alongside Ahsoka and like. Um, you know, it is, it's a classic Legends vehicle, um, but, you know, just in the same breath as you, like, for me, when it comes to Star Wars collecting, it's not even really about, like, those vehicle type things anymore, things like that. Um, I lean toward more, I'm definitely more in, like, the general Grievous category now, looking more at, like, lightsaber hilts than, more than anything. Um, you know, like I said, I have the, I have the Skywalker saber, um, and then I have Mara Jade's lightsaber, so, like, you know, I just look into continue to add more to those um eventually i want to like maybe find like maybe want to get like a really nice darth maul or something um that would be pretty cool or even like a dooku but uh but you know just yeah for me it's more about lightsaber hilts than um than or lightsaber hilts and more like the retro games and things like that over 
like a lot of these things. But like you said, it's cool that they're producing them. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just cool seeing them produce like classic, classic things like that. Yeah, it is, it is pretty neat just getting a chance to, you know, read about these ships for years and years and years. And you imagine what they look like in their head. And then they, they might show up in like an old video game or old Dark Horse comic or something. And then, hey, it's actually here. This is a big deal. So there you go. Um, I'm not really sure on the release date, but you can go ahead and make sure you could go to Hasbro Pulse and, and pre-order that if you would like. Next up here. This is the big one. This is why I'm leading off with the thumbnail. So there was this big announcement. There was a couple of announcements that came out of the Disney investors meeting. And I admit, I forgot it was even happening. Like all this news came out. I'm like, where's this coming from? Oh, that makes sense. So apparently Epic, Epic Games and Disney are, are basically teaming up for a $1.5 billion deal. Disney is giving Epic Games to create basically what I call the mega game. So it's going to be kind of a platform where every entity of Disney is going to be incorporated into a virtual world. So you got, you know, your Pixar stuff, apparently your ESPN stuff. If you're looking at this thumbnail, uh, this this, um, this artwork here that came out for Avatar, the Fox stuff, just literally everything because Bob Iger, who, who you know reclaimed the CEO title after Bob Chakef stepped down or whatever, he has looked and seen that, hey, there's a bit of a dip kind of in, in the, the, the material like the movies and, and the shows. And where's all that going? Oh, wait, it's over here. All these younger people are, are playing games more than they're watching things. So now all of a sudden they have to diversify. They want to get ahead. They want to get into this whole thing because there's a lot of money to be made there. Because Epic Games, if you're not familiar, they are the developers of Fortnite, which is the most successful multiplayer live surface game that uses microtransactions it's none of the stuff you buy can affect like your power of your character it's just really cool skins like earlier in the week i retweeted i think um you know me playing fortnite and having black kersantan playing a guitar and playing drums and just rocking out on stage in, in their version of rock band that they have in fortnite now so there's a lot of power behind the brand to be able to already see that the fruits of their labor having just you know disney light uh, basically fortnite like licensing to use the, the likenesses of their star wars characters and their marvel characters it's worked really well like people will be happy like me to spend ten dollars on a luke skywalker skin even though i barely play the game because i'm just like oh that looks so cool i want to have it right so they're kind of stepping up their game and, and creating something that I can't even tell you guys what it is because it's very vague. There is no concrete details. All we can go by is just pure speculation based on not much here. But overall, Ben, I just want to hear what your your first like kind of initial impression when you heard that, oh my gosh, like there's a $1.5 billion deal here being made. What the heck's going on? <laughs> yeah, to me, um, to me that meant they're most likely developing a a platform more than anything like when i first was reading and mind you when i was first reading into this stuff i was laying in bed feeling like i was dying um but but when i was reading it briefly like through my glances through the articles and things like i i um like to me it seems like it maybe like a platformish type thing like maybe like a Fortnite type thing maybe like may you know i think there's a chance we get like some sort of like 
I don't know, you, you can't make a Disney Fortnite. You know, you can't have Mickey Mouse going out and shooting people. Oh, like, so, you know, you... Um, I feel like we're going to get some sort of, like, <laughs> Disney platform where it's... Or, like, Moana going out there and, like, taking out... Oh, taking out... Gosh. Taking out Mulan or something crazy. Um, but, like... <laughs> but, like, you know, you have stuff like that. Like, I, I, I don't think it'll be a fighting game unless they do it where it's just, like, the character-specific weaponry, you know, like... Like, Moana might, I don't know, she might, like, hit you with an ocean blast or something. I, I don't know. Oh. But, like, but like things like that, maybe maybe it's something like that, like an open Fortnite-ish type thing with Disney characters. But, I mean, if you're Disney, then I feel like you just license to Fortnite and just take your cut from them. So, to me, maybe it's more along the lines of maybe, like, a, you know, maybe it's, like, a Disney world open world type thing um like to me what i guess was think what i was thinking along the lines of like something like a you know with all those different all those different things like pixar star wars whatever marvel etc like maybe you have all the different characters and ips Mm -hmm. excuse me ips from there um and maybe it's going to be something like if you played it back in the day you know Maybe it's something like like a roller coaster tycoon type thing yeah. where you go where you go and like walk around the cities and I can go and like visit your city or like you know it, mm-hmm. there can be like a central city where it's like every like thousands and thousands of users but then like mm-hmm. if I click on like your your avatar like I can go to your created Disney associated world or something like maybe it's something like that like a mega intensive thing like where every like you know we all can create our own like little kind of like like I said, like kind of like maybe like a roller coaster tycoon ish type thing where you can create your own Disney World with all the different properties. Like you know, you could have like a a Buzz Lightyear teaming up with Mando or something. Like yeah. you know, something like that. Um, I think it's going to be something along that those lines where it's like you're just going to have all these characters crossing over in this big massive mm. online thing, or maybe even kind of like um, you know, you play it like the older public, Chris. Mm. Um, like online, maybe it's going to be something like that where it's like. You know, like you said, maybe we'll get some upgradable skins like Fortnite, whatever, and then they'll just do a bunch of different things like maybe events like like maybe you're going to have, you know, uh, like a Disney event thing where it's like, okay, like obviously it may may not like a violent thing, but like, you know, hey, you got to go and play this like head to head I don't know, surfing event or something. You can go and like surf with Mando in the ocean against Moana or whatever. Like, (laughs) you know, something like that. Like, I think it's going to be something along those lines where it's like an kind of open world ish intensive thing with tons of people. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much kind of the same concept. I'm thinking along those lines, Uh, two things that Disney has had experience with. First off, there's a game that's currently going. It's kind of an animal crossing sort of game called Disney Dreamlight Valley. And the idea behind it is there's no violence or anything. It's like literally you go around, you pick. It's all from the Disney characters. So nothing Star Wars or Marvel in there. But you have your little village. You grow it. You, you can change your character, customize, all that good stuff. So I think it's going to have elements of that. I think it's going to have elements of this. This is the first thing that came to my mind. This is Disney Infinity 2.0. You got all these little figures here. I have them right behind Right below my monitor. I just love the design, like the, the Pixarification of like Finn and all these other characters that we've known to, known to love over the years. And what this game was basically like is it's okay, you have your characters and you have your Marvel world, you have your 
Pixar World, your Disney World, and you could literally just like cross the streams, so to speak, where you can have Boba Fett going to Toy Story Land and start blasting people, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Oh. And it's like, it's very, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a rated like, uh, uh, not even T, uh, rated E for everyone. It's not like crazy, crazy violence or anything like that in it. But it's fun because you could play through like some of the, the moments in the Star Wars, the Clone Wars, they had sets, Star Wars original trilogy, they had the sequel trilogy levels. It was a really fun game. The problem, the reason why it shut down is they overproduced, they mass produced these figures and it basically caused an overabundance and they just wasted so many resources on this game that never really picked up to be, I guess, as successful as they wanted to be. And I don't believe that this game would have any kind of figure element tangible action physical element it's going to be solely with the virtual thing and, and, and a point to branch off of that they announced this game now i'm not expecting to see this game for another six or seven years because when you look at the development of AAA games it's usually between five and six years now so things in the industry in the gaming industry drastically change in six years a good example of that is I have just reviewed Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League, right? They, they that, that company, Rocksteady, was banking money. Warner Brothers was banking money that when they started developing that game five or six years ago, that it would be a hit to, in today's day and age with the live service games. Well, turns out in the last couple of years, live service has been kind of a dirty word among gamers. And now by the time that game came out, people are tired of that sort of genre and you go on Steam and you see there's only 3,000 people playing a brand new game. Like, what the heck happened, right? So it's really hard in this gaming sphere when things are planned out so far in advance because that's how they have to be created. And the idea that this thing has $1.5 billion, this isn't even on a AAA scale, meaning AAA meaning it is like the, the big gamers, or the, the big game companies like Ubisoft and EA are, are AAA, the, the, the big ones, you yep. know, like... Um, uh, like for instance, Jedi, Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fallen Order, Rockstar, Battlefront, uh, they're all AAA games. So, so the high caliber games. This is a, a level higher than that. There's never been a mm -hmm. game that has come close to even costing a billion dollars. Like you look at Jedi Survivor and some of the other games, they might cost actually like the price of a movie nowadays. It's crazy. It's two to three hundred million dollars to make a game, and the problem is that is getting too much in the cost realm where now people are actually losing jobs and everything else because it's just that it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable to have this much money poured into these games and, and the amount of work that it goes on. It's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Yeah. But basically you know what, what I'm trying to get at is this game is probably not going to come out to like 2030, 2031. And at that point, we're obviously going to have a new generation of consoles by then. And the landscape in the future is going to look far different than it is already. And Xbox has been paving the ground for what that reality could be. And that's all what I'm banking on this to be is cloud gaming. I think this game, yep. you're not even going to need an Xbox. You're not even going to need a PlayStation because in five or six years from now, they've already started doing this. You can just play games on your TV without any hardware. You're going to be cloud streaming this game probably on your phone. You could play it. Then you could pick up your progress, play it on your TV pick up your progress, you know, play it on a train on your Nintendo Switch or so or whatever, Switch 2 at that point, playing on there, right? So it's not going to, because the thing that drove the message home to me is they said there's 3 billion gamers and Bob Iger wants to get all of them. The reality is most of those gamers are mobile gamers. You might have like a less than a billion or a billion like console gamers and PC gamers, 
But most of those people that they want to get to are like the average day people that are waiting in line at the bank and are playing uh, whatever, like Candy Crush or something, right? So they want this game to hit all the general audience. So I'm thinking this is going to be not a hardcore game. It's going to be a fun game where you can probably go into different lands. It's going to be multiplayer, I'm sure, so you can like connect with your friends, friends lists and all this kind of thing. Oh, let's go check out, you know, Pandora. And, and two hours after that, they're like, hey, let's go to Toy Story Land, right? I think they're going to have hubs and you're going to, let's say, play through one of the Star Wars movies with your characters. And oh. then after that, you go to the Avatar Land and same thing. And you'll probably see like expansions every every couple months ago. The, you know, the Wreck-It Ralph world is now open or it's going to be because the way they showed that picture, Ben, it almost looks like a it looks like a theme park concept design because I just got done looking at what Universal's putting together and they literally put out the same kind of looking concept art of their new Epic Universe. So it's got like five parks and you look on this. This is basically Disney saying, don't worry, you don't have to go to our parks. You, you could also enjoy just as much just sitting at home going virtually to, to our virtual park, essentially. Our virtual theme park is what they're trying to create here. Well, I mean, what if they do something like that? Like, so what if, you know, um, say say like with, with how Fortnite has things structured now, you have like your Battle Royale, you have your, yep. your different modes on there, whatever. What if one of the modes on this Disney platform is, hey, I could party up with you and 10 other people and we could, what if there's literally a mode you can just go explore an actual Disney park. Like we go and walk through and like, you know, oh. our characters can get on, get, can get on the roller coasters and, you know, yeah. and it be, and it be like that sort of thing. Because I mean, 1.5 billion. I mean, and what if, see, see, this is something where it, where it comes along the lines of like your at home streaming, your at home stuff where it's like, what if it's like, Hey, you can pay like five dollars admission or something <laughs> to, to 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 go explore a disney park and then you have your other free options too like your free worlds your free things but what if it's like five dollar admission you know to go explore disneyland in florida or galaxy's edge for example and then you can go do it digitally with you and you know 10 other people or something like like there's definitely going to be a lot of ways they're going to make money out of this because oh, like yeah. 1.5 billion you know, they're viewing it as a big, if they're investing 1.5 billion, they're expecting way more in return. So oh, yeah. it, it's, it's a, you know, it's definitely going to be something to watch. Yeah. I think um, the, the thing that worries me is they over monetize it, right? Like they mentioned the word shop in this press briefing, which gets me a little worried. I mean, it's Disney. I mean, what do you expect? Right. But just as long as the stuff isn't exorbitant, like don't, you know, charge me, a pair of boots for 30 bucks for my character, you know, like don't, yeah. don't, don't do the, the, the predatory kind of stuff where it's just like, this is just going to run my wallet dry. And Hey, the, hey the, they know. can, they can have, they can have that as long as we can upload the knockoff brand from eBay on there yeah. and then, and then we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. And I could see, I could see there being really cool synergy. Like for instance, you know, maybe people that go to a physical park, uh, because there's word apparently that they're, I guess in this same briefing, they, they had mentioned they were going to be adding a third park to Disneyland, California, and a possible fifth well, park to we'll Disney World, Florida, according to Aaron Daly in the chat. So I could see them being like, oh, if you go to this ride, scan this barcode and you'll get like a thematic piece of gear 
that this ride resembles. If you go on Jungle Cruise, you're gonna get like a cool like yep. little hat or something for your character. We'll see when we when we um when we had this as one of our topics. Um, you know when when I started thinking about what this could be, you know I was thinking of something along the lines of like say how, you know like Pokemon Go has the special holiday events like where it's mm. like you only get these Pokemon on Christmas Day. That's it. We're never releasing them again or whatever. Or even like for like my OG people from like the late 90s, early 2000s that are, you know, in your upper 20s, early 30s. You might remember back in the day. If, I don't know if you ever did, Chris, but, you know, um, back in the day when I was like in maybe fourth grade, fifth grade, there was this old game called Club Penguin. It's it's literally it was a game legit where all it was was it was like a wide open world in like the Arctic, basically. And, you know, you had little towns all over you had like an iceberg floating, you had a dojo in the mountains, whatever, and all these things. And you just, you created your penguin and you went and walked around and there were like thousands of other huh. people just roaming the world. Wow. And, you, and you could randomly just pick up and throw a snowball at someone, whatever, and all these things. But but it, it brought me to that because the thing is back in the day, like like that game, that Club Penguin game back in the day, it would host events where it's like, okay, hey, you know, a special Easter event, you know, and then they literally would only release the like Easter or Christmas gear or whatever that one time and they would never re-release it again. So it's like they make it exclusive. So like for me, you know, that got me thinking about this and it's like, yeah, I could see Disney doing something like that where it's like it's a special event at a park or it's even a special event. Hey, if you go opening night to Toy Story yeah. 5, you get an exclusive oh. um, Woody or Buzz or whoever, like, you know, or, or even, a, even for Star Wars, like a exclusive hey by the time say 2028 you get an exclusive um maybe like a luke or a thrawn or a soka or someone yeah. to walk around in like you know if you scan your ticket so like you know i think there's going to be a lot of options with this game and i'm 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 excited for it because i think something like that would be a lot of fun just like an open world just kind of casual game where you can just load up with your buddies mm. Yeah, and we had mentioned quickly before I alluded to this, Fortnite uh, the developers Epic Games have done something unpar you know, unprecedented. At the Game Awards back in December, they made this huge announcement where, hey, it's not just Battle Royale anymore. You have a Guitar Hero clone. You have like this really cool racing game that is actually pretty good. You have uh, Lego Fortnite, which is their take on Minecraft, and it, darn, it's pretty good. So it's not Fortnite anymore. It's a platform. So who better to pick for Disney than the guys that are already doing the sort of same thing already on their own. And you got the best game engine, arguably out, which is Unreal Engine 5, which is just the go-to for most companies. So I'm very curious. And, and Disney's been doing a good job with kind of reversing what they're uh, what their basically mission statement was, right? I, with Star Wars especially, right? Like, they would only let EA games make Star Wars games. And that was probably to their detriment as we're finding out, and now we're getting an open-world game from Ubisoft. We're getting a cool mobile game from uh, whatever they're called. Uh, something with a Z. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things on the horizon thanks to that. Oh, Bethesda's making... An Indiana Jones game, you know, Machine Games looks amazing. So there you go. This wouldn't have happened if Disney didn't wake up and say, "Okay, why pigeonhole ourselves into Zynga? That's the company making Hunter Zynga. Oh, yeah. uh, why pigeonhole us to this? Because now we have the potential to do something cool like this that could push the industry." 
yeah, I mean, uh, for real, like all those games. And hey, speaking of EA, they do need to make a Battlefront three. I I do want to <laughs> see that happen. Um, but yeah, like it is cool seeing them like branch out and like be like, oh yeah, hey, we have this big brand. Why pigeonhole to one company when we can just like have more companies develop games and make more money for everyone? Like it's it's win win and make the games enjoyable. Like people are enjoying these games for the most part. Like you know, people liked Fallen Order franchise like the lego games was well received battlefront 2 after the fact people i think enjoyed (laughs) um and you know you have things like that so it's like and like outlaws seems to be on a good trajectory and and uh yeah like i'm i'm excited to see where this game goes i really am yeah speaking of battlefront one funny thing about that is i looked in the comments section of of this announcement and all i seen was give us battlefront 3 give us battlefront that was 3 the first like... thing i saw too <laughs> i couldn't believe it like at this point i don't know if disney would just it'd be really interesting maybe disney like just gives battlefront this again another top for another day what if disney just gave battlefront 3 to another developer you know they don't why why should they have to go with dice dice yeah. kind of failed them in a way so I don't know. Now, throw it to Activision that makes Call of Duty or something. And, uh, you know, some, somebody else. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. that's a whole nother topic for another day. But yes, that is what's going on with this weird, mysterious game. But as coming off of this, the press release, it was also mentioned Bob Geiger literally said Mando and Grogu is coming out in 2026. So that's a big revelation because before that, we had no idea. Right, we we've been seeing reports, some rumblings that it's going to be filming starting in June, but we weren't sure if it was going to be coming out in 2025 at the end or at some point in 2026. So, with that being said, what is your reactions to that, Ben? Yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's great to hear finally some commitment from <laughs> uh, Disney and them. Like, all right. Anywhere between January 1st and December 31st in 2026, at, at least we know there's that movie coming out. Like, it, it came from Bob Iger, and, like, Lucasfilm can't go back on what the CEO of the entire company says. At least you wouldn't think. So we know they're locked into 2026, um, so that's good. It's, it's good they committed to something. Um, but, like, joking aside, it's good to know, like, Star Wars is coming back to theaters finally. Like, it is... It's been way too long. Like we've all discussed that. Um, I mean, God, we could do a whole four-hour podcast on why Star Wars should be in theaters every year. Um, and then you have the whole fact of we also the fact that like Bob Iger, yeah, he said 2026, but we know also via StarWars.com that like they literally said in their own article that you know the Mando and Grogu movie is leading the slate which means this is the May movie. So, um, so like, we know when it's happening now. We know it's May 2026. So it's like, okay, like, here we go. Like, we got, we got a, we got a time slot. We got, um, now anticipation for it because, like, you can build up to it via, Mm. like, your, your, um, like, your celebrations, your different announcements, your different sporting events, whatever. Like, even, um, for example, like May 2026, that'll be right in the middle of the NBA playoffs and NBA, you know, ESPN has the NBA's rights and they're owned by Disney. So like they'll be advertising the heck out of that movie through the NBA playoffs, of course. 
and um and yeah like it's it's like a great move and it's like it's finally like we're we're heading in the right direction and like you know what better way like to get star wars back into theaters than to put mando and grogu like leading the charge like just because like for me like all critiques aside of the sequel trilogy like you just couldn't start star wars back in theaters after a seven-year layoff with a sequel era movie just because of the um like the negative cachet that era brings at the moment so like i think it's like this is a good option it's a safe option for like say the fans across the board like us hardcore fans we'll go and see like if it's it's if it's called star wars a story about a droid's foot we would go see it you know like it doesn't matter what we would go see it but like the thing is with this movie is Mando and Grogu, you're going to have, um, you know, mom and pop and like everybody else going to see it because you're going to be seeing Grogu and all the marketing campaigns like on Good Morning America on, you know, whatever Grogu, Grogu and Pedro Pascal will be like everywhere, oh, you know, yeah. around that time, especially like Pedro, you know, he loves like, like being a big star now. So like, he's definitely going to be all over the marketing there. So I, uh, I'm, yeah, that that's kind of like my initial reaction. I'm I'm definitely it's like it's exciting that it's finally happening even yeah. though we're 2 years away. <laughs> yeah, I I'm a bit bummed, I'll be I'll be honest. I was disappointed here in 2026 cuz it's so darn far away, right? That's as the selfish Star Wars fan. It's basically two and a half fan, years. I mean, selfish Star Wars fan is like, "Wait, we got this announced that it was going to be filming this year. It means like it's you know, that gets over to another year of post-production. It could be out by 2025. I guess my mind was set on that. But, you know, na naively speaking, uh, like you look at their film slate for that that end of the year of 2025, they have another Avatar movie coming out, another animated movie of some degree or something. So it'd be like too much competition by their own self. So it would be that intelligent to re release that anyway. Oh, yeah. But, they won't. They won't they won't touch Avatar after how much money it made last time. They're not going to, you know, James Cameron's going to laugh if they say, hey, we're going to move your movie. He's going to say, sorry, you're not doing that. Yeah. But then again, this also leads to me feeling a little bit more confident in what this story could be, because just this week in the same report, this came up that apparently Moana 2, which got a surprise release for this November, was originally going to be a Disney Plus movie, and then it got upgraded to a Disney movie. Because you see what is happening here. The, the Disney Plus of the series. Guard. series. Yeah, yeah. The, the change. Oh, Disney Plus series. Okay. The change in the guard. Bob Chapek, he was all in on Disney Plus. Disney Plus everything, right? And Bob Iger's back. He's like, okay, the paradigm shift. No, everything's going back to the movies. We got to get everything. So that's what the whole... This whole shift is happening here. And the idea for me that this could have been season four, I was really hoping that they just weren't going to fast track. Oh, put all four or five episodes together and just create a movie and put it out there. The, the, the idea that this is going to take this long. Okay, this is an actual movie, not just a relegated, oh, let's just mash up a bunch of episodes and put it in a theater. So this leads me to believe this is a bona fide movie, not just like a half-thought, like, um, impulse idea to be like, we need another movie, uh, what are we gonna do? Uh, people like Mando, um, um, just make that season into a movie and, and we'll get butts and seats, you know? So that leads me to, okay, they're taking their time, luckily, because we see what happens when Disney doesn't take their time, we get Rise of Skywalker. Hate to say it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, not even Rise of Skywalker. We get the sequel trilogy. I'm like, we we know it wasn't <laughs> planned to begin with. Like, like I mean, like like with that with that entire franchise, like it's been well documented. Like we Ryan and JJ were writing seven and eight at the same time without knowing each other's scripts. Like like that's all you need to know about that. I mean, even Daisy Ridley saying, "Oh yeah, we were going into nine. You know, we didn't know who my parents were or who you know relations were or whatever." Like so. Like, it's great that we're actually getting them having a solidified plan in place. Also, again, a lot of this stuff falls on the fact that, like, Dave Filoni is, you know, being involved. And he's probably like, hey, we got to, like, plan stuff out better than we have before in the past. Like, no offense, but, like, you know, back back before he got his promotion, he probably, to some degree, like, like back, you know, say during the sequel era, because he was still involved with Rebels and things like that. You know, he just had to sit back and just be a TV guy and not really say too much. But now that he's, you know, higher up, like he's top three up there with Kathy and Carrie Beck, like, you know, he has way more way more sway on the company. So I think that's a big part um, factor in this. And then also, um, you know, it does with 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 them acknowledging, though, that like the Moana because 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 like. Cause, Cause, that's what Iger said was it was a series, and then they turned, they transferred it into a movie. So the thing is, to me, that's also kind of like an indicator, like you were saying as well. Like, it's an indicator. Basically, they're turning Mando season four into a movie, and it makes me wonder now. I mean, we'll, we'll of course, like dive into that sort of future stuff in a different podcast. It's going to be interesting though, just to see what we get in the meantime. Yes, because like. You know, we still have Acolyte this year. We still have Skeleton Crew, you know, and, and like those type of things. And of course, we have Bad Batch coming up. But like those type of things are just like this calendar year and Andor, of course. Like, so you have these things and then it's like, what's in 2025? Like yeah. maybe they'll just maybe they'll show at Celebration next year. Maybe we get a new flagship show like the instead of the Bad Batch, it's yeah. going to oh, be yeah. like whatever, like just some random like. I mean, I mean, knowing Star, like right now with the way Star Wars is playing in the ear, like maybe it'll be um, something rebellion yep. post Return of the Jedi or something like, you oh. know, something in that era like, or get heck, just give us a Luke, a, a Luke. I, I've said it for so long, a Luke and Lando animated show of them, like yes. going hunting around the galaxy with Lorsen Tekka, like looking for like Jedi stuff. Like, okay, like j- just do something like that. Like, yeah. Like, 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 I, I think, I think that's the big indicator too, when it comes to this movie announcement is like, what's going to be in the in-between time. It also lays the foundation of when we're going to get Ahsoka 2 most likely, because Ahsoka 2, I would say is probably 2027 now at this point since, because I would have said 2026 if this was 2025, Mm -hmm. but I'd say, I'd say 26 is this, of course. I mean, they said that. 27 is Ahsoka and then probably 28 is the day movie. Like, I, I think that. Ahsoka season two is probably gonna be out at the end of 2026. Mm, oh, think, like a holiday season. Yeah, I think they're gonna want to nail at least one live action series a year. And besides, you know, Andor's ending next year. That'll be the flagship for next year, right? They'll skip a year and we'll get maybe Acolyte season two. And Ahsoka in 2026 is my guess. And we'll have yeah. a new animated series coming out next year as well, would be my guess. Because they're usually pretty quick. Like, remember Clone Wars ended, and then within a couple months, we got the Bad Batch announcement. Those guys work on that stuff so far in advance. 
and yeah and, and you know i i just quick thoughts on what we need we need something like rebels and something like clone wars that's going to buff up those you know those those trilogies on their own right right so you got to have that that long form really good lucasfilm animation not throwing a slight at resistance because it wasn't trying to be that but having like you said those main characters in animated form and i think that's hopefully what we'll get um i'm really hoping for that may the fourth announcement I mean, to be that but yeah i mean hey maybe we get something i i mean i i really don't see them killing omega in the bad batch i really don't just because mm. of her age so like maybe we get something like omega whatever discontinues yeah. off out of, out in the blue whatever at the end of this series and then boom she pops back up as like one of the three leads in mm -hmm. a next animated show so it's yeah. like it also adds rewatchability value to the bad batch and you know we see more of her so like maybe we get something like that um and you know there's that whole angle of her being boba fett's sister and maybe you could like play that in with Boba post Jedi or something like, you know, there's plenty of, um, plenty of opportunities. Yeah. There. And so, yeah, there, there's everything big that came out of the, the earnings call for Disney. Speaking of bad batch, we got our first clip of the bad batch Ben, And this one's called confined this official clip. The first clip we got, and I was blown away. I was blown away by how good this little animated show has gotten over the years i mean say what you will yeah there are some of the episodes where we 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 say it like it is on this channel right we review every episode of the bad batch and it's you know finality and we call it like it is milton you and i say this is an episode that we didn't need or this is an episode that didn't have a point um but you get those episodes with crosshair like last last uh year last se last season and they're powerful stuff right this is not just whiz bang shooting lasers pew 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 there's straight up drama in this animated series. The voice acting from both of these actors, right, is just transcends the medium. I, I, you know, for a moment I was like, oh, I forgot I'm watching an animated series. I feel like I'm watching Andor, you know, or something like that. It's just powerful stuff. So, what was your what was your thoughts on this? Oh yeah, I thought it was a really good little scene. I was surprised to see it. The funny thing is, like I said, with me being so sick, I was laying around. I swear I thought that said confirmed as the title. And when I watched the clip, I was like, man, I don't know why called confirmed, but okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, that was a, it was a good little clip. It, uh, it had, like you said, it was, it was a good serious tone. It makes you, it makes me actually like lean into some of my, um, ideas from prior podcast, even a little more. So like, so, so Omega is being held at Mount Tantus, right? Like, just double checking. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, 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 okay. I was making, I was making sure, just making sure. Um, so like, I, it makes me even more interested. Like, what if, what if by like respecting, like Dark Disciple even more? What if Ventress is there as like kind of like a guard to Mount Tantus potentially? Like, maybe oh. that's where Ventress comes in. So that's what I was thinking. Maybe, like, you know, you're going to have Crosshair and Omega trying to, like, break out or form this escape plan. And, like, you know, you're going to have Ventress being involved with them. Like, I could see them going in that direction. Because, like, the thing is with Crosshair and Omega, they're having this heart heartfelt moment. And 
I think it, it could lead into crosshair. Like, you, you know, you're having, you're having, you know, she, she's talking to him about learning to trust people and stuff, which is great because like, obviously crosshair definitely has learned not to trust people. And then the thing is with both of them, since they're having this conversation to me, that like screams pretty much like, like just from like foreshadowing purposes, like, that means, like, eventually, maybe, like, Crosshair's gonna, like, sacrifice himself to, like, save Omega mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. And, like, maybe, maybe he, like, does that. Maybe, he, like, goes at Ventress or something. Or, like, you know, maybe he, like, hoards off a bunch of, like, stormtroopers and, like, lets her escape or, yeah. you know, something like that. Because I think that's what this this whole scene is leading up to is it it won't be in, obviously, the, the premiere. But I think it's just later on foreshadowing for the series and... It's a really good sign for the series as well, not just um uh say story wise, just maybe maybe feel wise, because like, hey, it's like a more serious feel. So maybe we get a little bit more some more serious episodes instead of some of the more um not great episodes. So like yeah. I think I think it's a good sign in general. Yeah, well, first and foremost, let's hope that Saz Ventress isn't played for a cheap trick and this isn't just like a flashback to like Dark Disciple or something. Like, I really hope that is not the case. I don't think Lucasfilm would pull the rug out front out of the fans like that because well, there would be an hey, uproar. We 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 have all this we have all this clone stuff. What if what if when at the end of Dark Disciple with her body, what if like you know they use they clone her? Well, like, apparently, and I still. Did not get a chance to reread Dark Disciple, or at least pick at the last couple pages. But from some of the podcasts I've been listening to, somehow it seems like Obi-Wan and Anakin or somebody returned her to Dathomir and put her in like one of those green pools, which mm. would open up the idea of like she got resurrected somehow. So I think it's more oh, along gotcha. those lines. I, mm. I like where you're going with your idea on where, where she is, but I just don't see with her character, her working with the Empire, unless she's working with the Empire against her own will, and she's almost a prisoner in her own right, in the case of which, if she had lightsaber, why the hell wouldn't she just get out of her on her own? But I I think there could be a good coming to coming full circle kind of moment or something where it's like, you have her fighting clones and killing clones for her entire life in the Clone Wars, or at least her existence in the Clone Wars. Wouldn't that be a funny kind of opposite thing if she ends up being one of the people that's you know, there at the end, fighting with the clones to at Mount Tantus to like free those people or something like yep. that. You know, it's a, it'd be a cool moment for her. But yeah, my only trepidation with the season is, oh my gosh, are they are they just doing too are they doing too much stuff at the end that is getting added and not enough focus on the Bad Batch? Because yeah, we love Asajj Ventress, but the show is shouldn't be about her exactly. It also gets me to, to kind of guess or, or think, right? If they had the guts, Lucasfilm, to just straight up reveal this huge moment in, in the show of this character's return, what could they be hiding from us? What other characters or reveals could they be hiding from us if they put this out there already? And this one's huge on its own. Yeah, I mean, you got her, you got Cad, you got um, all kinds of characters and stuff. So it's like, maybe... I mean, I don't know how they would do it. I mean, I guess you have um, like 16 episodes, 15 episodes. Like you, unless they like, they could maybe fast track a Boba, like Boba appearance, like with the <laughs> sister stuff. But like, man, if they would do the Boba thing, they would Ooh. have to like, they would have to make it quick. Like if they would go 
reveal to Boba he has a sister, like, have that be somehow impactful at that time, even though, like, we've seen Boba being ruthless even in Clone Wars, like, as a little kid. So it just makes you wonder if that's a story thread they even they just dropped or it's going to be like, oh, oh, yeah, guys, remember from season one, we talked about Boba Fett a couple times, like, here we go. Um, so, yeah, like you said, maybe since they showed us Ventress, it'll be like, hey, we get, you know, we already know the Emperor's in it. You know, maybe we get a... I don't even know Vader appearance or something like with Hmm. obviously not versus the bad batch, but maybe he's just talking with the emperor or something or like, I mean, who knows, Chris, maybe it's like, maybe they just like use Vader and like, they like talk about him, like heading out on some mission or something. And it's like a reference to like some book or something like, you know, maybe it's just like a little cameo like that or something. But like, I I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we're going to get some more, types of different types of characters just because of that whole reason and and uh i don't know I, I that's a good point i never thought of it from that angle but yeah i think there's a lot of different potential characters oh, yeah. we could see oh yeah you know? and, yeah and we're gonna have our bad batch preview next week so we'll spend we'll spend a lot more time speculating oh, yeah. theorizing just talking about overall thoughts and we'll have milton back for that so <laughs> Uh, I think that's where we'll end it with our little Bad Batch discussion. But yeah, I really enjoyed that clip. Really enjoyed that clip. So over on the Twitterverse and other forms of social media, we got a cryptic tweet in this case from Empire. Uh, This was on Thursday evening. And all they put out there was, hello there with a star field. And they said, we'll see you back here at 4 p.m. British time. And And it set the Star Wars world on fire. Everybody was just throwing out their crazy speculation. Are we getting the Obi-Wan Kenobi season two announcements in a trailer? And, you know, people are just shooting for the moon at this one, myself included. I, I, I put this out there on the Star Wars Underworld podcast on Thursday. I said, hey, they're going to reveal Acolyte pictures and they're going to announce that the trailer is coming during Super Bowl. And man, was I, I, sh- I was wrong. I was very wrong. What we got instead was a couple of really cool celebration covers for not just the Phantom Menace 25th anniversary, but the prequels anniversary for 25 years. Now, I know you took a look at these covers, but I really like them. I mean, the fact that they're including all the mainstays, different characters, including villains like my favorite Django Fett on the one dark side cover, and then you got the light side cover. So, yeah, first thoughts on those, Ben? Yeah, I mean, first thoughts for sure. I'm at a point now, unless we like something like like actors or leakers or people like that like i just can't buy these pre-canned hello there's or things anymore because we we you know we got we got kind of like the rug pulled on us on billy d williams like don't get me wrong it's great he did a biography and then now like this where it's like oh this is cool it wasn't what i was expecting it's cool but like okay um but yeah like this whole thing um yeah these covers are really cool like you said it's it like kind of reminded me of like the olden day, like the olden days of magazines and like, you know, seeing the different like star Wars magazines at the store and like things like that. So it's cool just seeing like, like the anniversary covers, especially like, like the Phantom Menace one, I think always stands out to me. Anything Phantom Menace always stands out to me just because like, you know, we were in that age range where like star Wars is back and like they hammered us with Phantom Menace marketing back in the day. So like that movie always has like an imprint on me because like, you know, from the magazines, from, um, like, 
you know, all the places like Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, wherever, you know, there, I mean, even the, the Pepsi cans had the Phantom Menace characters on it. So like, you know, that, um, anything related to that movie always stands out to me from like, like the prequel era in terms of like, um, off screen. So, uh, so yeah, like that cover really stood out to me and I, uh, yeah, I really liked it. And like, just overall, I thought they were good covers in general. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it was kind of funny. I was like, wait, that was the announcement. But as we're recording this on Saturday, Empire Magazine, based in, based in the UK, pulled out all stops and they have announced. Let me show this to you guys. We got a Phantom Menace reveal to be in the theaters. We're going to see Phantom Menace once again in on May 3rd, 2024. It's coming back to theaters. I'm not sure if they're going to bring 3D version as well. I hope they do. But uh, I mean, I'm just looking at this. I'm just looking at this photo, uh, this poster here, and it is really freaking cool. I love this poster so much. It's got all, it's just very artistically done with the, the mall lurking in the background. You got the Trade Federation core ship. You got a tiny little bit of Anakin. And I think that's interesting because there's always this question going around about who's the main character of the Phantom Menace. And there you have the big three. You got Padme, who's looming larger than any other character besides Maul, right? And then you got Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan front and center. So, yeah, what's your reactions to, to Phantom Menace playing in theaters, to the poster itself? Yeah, I would say, um, for me, it was... it was uh, Well, for starters, the poster. Um, so with the poster, like, I really... Like you said, it's interesting seeing like the layout and like, like really the discussion about the main character of the film. I mean, I would say it has to be. See, that's a tough one. It's it's. I feel like it's pretty equal between Padme and then the two Jedi, um, just because I feel like they're all really fairly balanced, like really, really fairly balanced. Um, but you could argue Padme is the main character, like maybe. Say if it's like a 50-50 split, I would say she's like 52-48, probably the main character. Um, and yeah, and then like with the re-release, like that was awesome seeing that news, like because like I remember seeing Attack of the Clones, of course, um, because I was like in fifth grade or whatever. And then, I, of course, I remember Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then like Phantom Menace, like I remember seeing it in theaters, but not like you know, crystal clear, because I was only, like, six years old, seven years old, like, because I went to it, I remember, like, three different times, actually, with my grandma, because, like, I fell asleep the first two times, and then she told me, she was like, I'll never take you back to a movie again <laughs> if you don't, if you don't stay awake, so, like, that scared me into staying awake the entire time, um, but I, uh, you know, I remember that, like, like, the main things, even as a kid back in the day, Phantom Menace, like, that stood out to me was, you know, you have the pod race, you have the lightsaber battles you have um you have the of course the space battle and then like like for me like of course duel of fates is like the um, the like the masterpiece of one of the masterpieces of star wars in general um but even like as a like as a younger viewer the part that one of the parts that really stood out to me the most in that movie was when um qui-gon and anakin are running to the ship and, you know, Darth Maul jumps and, you know, they start, you know, he jumps and whips out his lightsaber and they start fighting right in the desert. Like that as like a kid, you know, you're like, whoa, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, because it's just so like electric. 
and you know you have this caped figure fighting and then like you know boom he's gone and all this stuff and like so i uh it's gonna be really cool to see all of that play out again in theaters finally because i've seen all the other movies like i said two and three i i remember really well and then of course clone wars and then of course the sequels and then i've seen all the original trilogy movies in theaters just in the past you know four years because like during covid they they showed all the all the classic mm-hmm. movies over here mm-hmm. like yep. you know the original trilogy and it was, it was amazing it like that's a shout out to any of our audience or listeners like if you get a chance to watch the ot in theaters make sure you do that because it's an amazing experience um so yeah like i would definitely recommend to anybody who has not seen the phantom menace in theaters um definitely go and see it when this comes out because this will be like really special especially with you know like the modern theater experience like the audio the visuals um and then of course just to see like all the different battles playing out and how how they'll look nowadays and especially to see the duel of fates on screen like now like is going to be great oh yeah i mean i've i've had the pleasure of seeing phantom mass a few times in recent memory uh, this goes way back before the Disney buyout in 2012. They actually had it in 3D, right? And I know a yep. few of my lucky fans that actually got to see Attacker Clones and Revenge of Sith at those celebrations around that time, and they never ended up coming back with, with 3D versions of either of those films, Episode 2 or 3. But, yeah, I remember having a good time seeing that in 3D with the, with the pod racing especially. Like, it wasn't just, like, run-of-the-mill 3D. You know, George Lucas and the, the fine folks at ILM actually put some effort into it and made it really cool and immersive with the 3D tech. So I'm really hoping that they put it in 3D. Um, and then I also seen it for the 18-hour the lead-up marathon to Force Awakens mm-hmm. where they showed all the movies. And I was driving down the highway at about 1 o'clock in the morning because they were starting <laughs> Phantom Menace at 1.30 in the morning the day before Force Awakens 7 p.m. showing later the day, right? So it was uh, it was pretty fun. That was the last time I remember seeing it in the theater. People had their blankets. They had their popcorn. You know, by the time we got to Attack of Clones, there was some audible snoring going on in the theater because everybody was just all comfortable reclined back in the middle of the night, right? So that was good stuff there, but... Yeah, I'm looking forward to this because in the time since, it's not like you're some weird person if you like the prequels anymore. It is widely known that these films are a lot better for people than when they first came out. You know, thanks to the Clone Wars, as I said, the different animated series that are strengthening the the live action films. Clone Wars did that wonderfully. And people have a lot more respect. I've always respected The Phantom Menace. I mean, that was in my heyday. I remember being in second grade and so excited to leave school. I, I remember vividly where I was. It was one of those moments where me and my friends were talking about the battle droids running away from the exploding core ship. And I was just like imagining like I could be at the theater right now watching this movie. I just have to leave the leave the uh, the recess area and go home. You know, it's just like it was it was a fever dream. It was a fever dream. It was like the ultimate yeah. like golden age of Star Wars for me. I was going to Toys R Us back when they were still open in the States yeah. and, and picking up my action figures. I'd be begging my mom like, I, I need this guy. I need this. This KB figure. toys, KB toys, another one. Yeah. So, you know, getting those micro machines, uh, MTTs yeah. and all that kind of thing for my birthday that year. Uh, such fond memories, Naboo Starfighters. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, you better believe it. 
I'm going to probably wait and see it on May the 4th. I know it's out on May 3rd, but I mean, how else can I celebrate May the 4th than, than not going to see Phantom Menace on May 4th, you know? So I'm yep. hoping that May the 4th is going to be bigger than it's ever been. The idea that we're going to be able to sit in the theater and watch a movie and, you know, whatever else well, comes out that day will be even a, more like a cherry on top. Well, here's the thing to think about with that is, you know, um, a lot of the people that are in our age range, like 20s, 30s, they, you know, they're the audience that really loves this movie. And, you know, they do, even for these re-releases, they release the um, the box office of, you know, these movies. So I'm interested to see what this makes on re-release. Just because, you know, they'll, they'll announce if it's like 5, 10 million bucks, whatever, a couple million, whatever. So, like, I'm interested to see just because of, like, our generation to see how the people go and show out because, you know, there have been plenty of movies that have made, you know, some, a little bit of money on re-release. Like, I, I, I mean, you can't compare to Avatar, but, um, but like other movies, you know, like I think Empire Strikes, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, um, back a few years ago, I think it made like three or 4 million bucks, I think on a re-release. Like it was, it was a solid amount for, yeah. you know, being, I you know, out out for fifty years or something. I'm making a ball prediction, and granted, I don't have the access to seeing what else comes out that weekend, but I have a strong sense that this could beat out any any new film that weekend. I I think this could. Yeah. I think we're gonna see the fans come out in droves, especially the people oh, yeah. that are you know the millennials like us. You know, going out getting the nostalgia. The people that really cherish these movies. Heck. I'm even just sitting here thinking about maybe I'll see it more than once that weekend. I'll see well, it the day it comes out and then go back the next day. <laughs> well, because because you got to think about it too nowadays with um, you know, people in our generation they have kids now, so they'll be like, hey, I want to go and take my kid oh, to show them the movie yeah. that I watched when I was a kid and stuff. So yeah, like, yeah. you know, you're gonna have plenty of that where families are going. So I'm I'm really excited to see what this movie, um what this movie makes this this 25 year old movie makes but i'm excited to see uh to see what it does just because it's like yeah you know it's it's so nostalgic and it just fits our generation yeah i'm kicking myself because i'm sitting here wearing the 40th anniversary t-shirt i got from mm -hmm. celebration for return of the jedi i never actually made it out to see the re-release in the theater last year um the thing is, they, they have a very short run, a lot of these movies, with the re-release. I think they're out for literally like a week. At least that's yep. how Return of the Jedi was out for a week. Um, and even the way they word it in the Empire article, it seems like, oh, it's out for the weekend of May the 4th. So I would say, if you're thinking about it, just see it that weekend, because you don't know, you don't want to be like me and wait to the next weekend and say, oh, crap, it's not in theaters anymore. Um, it's yeah. a difference between Disney spending money to keep these movie, new movies in the theater for three months, but an old movie, they tend to get that out of there. Unless, miraculously, it makes like, let's say it makes like 20 or $30 million somehow. Maybe they will keep it in there a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be great. I, I'm excited to see what it does. And, uh, and yeah, like... Like it, it's it's important to like go and check out these re-releases like this though. Like if you're if you're like a hardcore fan like us, um, it's definitely worth it to go and see them if you haven't seen them. Like you know, like I've said, I've seen the um, the OT. I, I watched the OT during the COVID era, and like when that was going on, the only reason I was able to see that so conveniently was because there was no movies in theaters. So like our what our theater locally did was 
Like, they literally had, um, like, a Star Wars weekend for the original trilogy. Like, Friday, A New Hope, Saturday, Empire, Sunday, Return of the Jedi. And then, like, the next weekend, it was, like, Jurassic Park 1, 2, 3, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, they were doing, like, trilogies and movies like that. Um, and, like, that's the only reason I got to, like, really see um, the original movies. And if not, you know, I... I wouldn't have been able to see the return of the Jedi re-release because the closest one to me was like three hours away. So mm. it was, uh, Yikes. it was cool getting to see it then. So yeah, definitely like recommend to people if you, if you can make it out that weekend for Phantom Menace, definitely go and see it because it's well worth it to go and like check it out for like, you know, 10 bucks, five, 10 bucks, whatever your ticket prices are. Yeah. So there you go. May the third, you're going to see another star Wars film might not be a new star Wars film, but you'll have the chance, and many of you have not had the chance to see that in a theater. Getting into our last story, this comes to us literally like two or three hours before we started going live here, is Collider has some insider information saying that the Acolyte will be out this summer. Yes, we're starting to see the future of the Star Wars slate. We were arguing, not arguing, we were complaining rather, that we didn't know what was happening in 2024. And now we know into the Bad Batch. Bad Batch ends in May. We don't have an exact month, but I would really like it to happen in June. Now, it, I don't know if the the wires got crossed in their description or something, but they literally say that this is set 50 years before The Phantom Menace. Now, I did my due diligence, and I, and I pulled out my Timelines book, which is just this great resource you guys should pick up for every, like, BBY, ABY date in canon. And... If you're looking at 50 years, that Count Dooku is is around. Mace Windu is basically around. I, originally, Ben, I heard this was 100 years before Phantom Menace. I think 50 years could be an error. Maybe I'm just getting too much into the weeds here, but hopefully it's 100 and not 50. But other than that, I'm, I'm at least happy to see that this thing's coming out sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, 100 years was 100% the number we heard before. So, like... 50 is interesting because, like, if that wasn't a typo, that, like, changes everything that could potentially happen with this with this show. Like, completely changes the whole idea behind it because, I, I mean, that already opens up so many questions because think about it this way. Okay, so does that mean we're getting a young Palpatine? Because yep. he would be... He'd be eligible. We would obviously get a Plagueis. That would 100% be eligible. So, like, there's... That opens up a huge can of worms, and I don't know how old any, like, how old, like, certain alien, like, Plo Koon, how old could he be, you know? Like, he'd be around, probably, if he, if he's, if, you know, his species ages um, slower or whatever. Like, so, you know, you have different, um, different questions that get opened up if it is 50 years. And, like, you know, I've talked about it before, like, I think with this show, like... I think eventually in the show, I don't know if it'll be season one because it feels like that would be really quick. Mm. Um, but I think if, you know, if there's a season two, I, I think eventually by the end of the series, we'll get like a Darth Plagueis appearance finally. Like just yeah. because, it, it, you know, you're going to go in this era and not address Darth Plagueis mm. at all. Um, so like, I think that's inevitable. But with this, if we take this 50 years as gospel then 
then Darth Plagueis is probably going to be in the finale of this first season. And I would say like, 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 I, I mean, I mean, I mean, it just changes everything. Like, like, cause, cause what are we going to get? Are we going to get Darth Plagueis in the finale with a young Palpatine or something like, like, or a young Palpatine getting influenced because yeah, you know, like then... it, it just, op- it opens up a lot of, a lot of can of worms there. Um, so yeah, so like though it, it just changes your predictions completely, shifts your whole predictions for the entire series, in my opinion. Yeah, and like, like how yeah. I view it. Yeah, it's like for instance, like throwing us out there, this is not going to happen. But it's like okay, we have our our main character there, uh, and they're going around, they're doing their thing, they're, they're, they die at the end, <laughs> and then your protagonist gets teased, and it's and, and the acolyte is pertaining to to Palpatine as the acolyte of of Plagueis, and. Then we have Matt Smith there playing yep. playing a young Palpatine as the ending shot of season one, and people lose their minds and go crazy. I, I, you know, as cool as that would be, the promise for me of Acolyte was the idea of new territory, was the idea of just like the High Republic, which is basing a lot of its mural material off of that. There are not any goalposts set. There are no characters that have to be alive to be at this certain point because they're alive that that's what i liked about the but if it's 50 years then it is exactly so that's why i'm like if it's 100 years then yes we we get all that separation yeah you could throw a plagueis in there but it's the palpatine wouldn't be alive then and that's a cool aspect because literally all the characters you're talking about wouldn't be connected to the original trilogy and that's my biggest gripe with it's been almost 10 years actually Yes, it has been almost 10 years now. We are in 2024 that Disney has owned the Lucasfilm. And I think the promise down the road was the idea that after a while, we would get away from the normal Star Wars stuff that we're all used to seeing at X-Wings and TIE Fighters and start blazing new trails, start getting into that old Republic, start getting into things that the hardcore fan base has been dying to get that at scratched. And and this would just be like, oh, great, we're playing member berries again. Oh, there, there's a young Dooku. There's a young Mace Windu. Like, it's just going to be like, wait, the promise was that this was going to be all new. You know, so I don't want it to be anchored too too closely because I feel like that's what could happen. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I think it, let's just, like I said, let's keep playing in the 50 years ballpark. That means, that means um, whenever the um the lead character whenever she like interacts with or even gets close to like the jedi characters that we've seen from the trailer you know if it is 50 years they're gonna go and report back to the council we're gonna get a scene like that you know we're gonna get a scene of course where they're gonna have we're gonna, where they're gonna check box every jedi in the council basically other than the human ones <laughs> and you know they're we're gonna go there and we're going to have those Jedi walk in just like kind of Qui-Gon did in Phantom Menace and be like, Masters, I felt a disturbance in the Force, blah, 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 blah. And Master Yoda is going to be questioning him, Plo Koon, Kiati Mundi, you know, all these people. And maybe, you know, when you, when they walk out, you know, you have like a young Mace Windu, like shrug them off and be like, you know, you know, <laughs> still being like young, like kind of more arrogant Mace Windu or something. Like since he, you know, if he's not a knight yet or whatever. So like I think, I don't know. Fifty years is, oh man, that is that is that definitely makes things a little more trickier. Because I was banking on us seeing a Yoda cameo at some point in this okay. show because it it makes sense. But if this is fifty years, I mean we have a lot 
I mean, a lot of characters we could see from the prequel era. Like, I mean, heck, even, even, um, like, if you think about it, like, 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 I don't know. It's just a lot of this stuff. Cause it's like, you have the, the different Jedi, of course. And then, I mean, of course, like the Plagueis stuff, but I mean, even with Plagueis, like, I mean, we don't know. I mean, I mean, technically in canon, we don't know exactly what he is or who he is or how many, exactly, how long he yeah. could live or anything like that. But like, you know, you have him, but it's like, are we going to see like a 15 year old Palpatine or something like, <laughs> like, like something like that? Like it just, it just makes you wonder, like it kind of opens up a can of worms. And if that is true, if they stick with the 50 year thing, like if we get another article from like an entertainment weekly or like a Hollywood reporter or someone like that talking about this same type of thing, then it's got to be, mm. it's got to be accurate. And it just changes your whole perspective on the sh- Like to me, if we hold with this 50 year time period, it's going to ch- completely shift my predictions from here for the show. Like when we get to our, cause whenever we get to our prediction show, you know, cause we'll do that before the season comes out, it'll shift my predictions from here to way over here. Completely, <laughs> yep. completely, completely change where the series is going. Cause like I said, I go from predicting Plagueis being at the end of the series to he'll be the end of season one. If this is 50 years before, because I could see them doing, you know, like you said, Chris, what if season one, you have it lead up with this, um, the main character end of the show, she gets killed off by Palpatine and Plagueis. And then it's like, Oh, we pulled the carpet out from under you. Surprise. Palpatine is actually the evil acolyte. And then acolyte season two is our Palpatine series. We've been asking for <laughs> like people have been asked. See, like, cause, cause that's the thing though. Like we laugh about it, but man, if it's 50 years before, like anything mm-hmm. like that could happen. Um, mm-hmm. And then the thing is, if it is 50 years before and they don't even like, like touch Plagueis, touch any of these things though, then you'll get fans asking questions all right, we're 50 years before and you're doing all this stuff and you don't have anybody of note in this series? Like, you know, because that, that'll be a valid question then around that time too. So, like, yeah. I don't know. It just... That was an interesting wording by Collider because, like, I, even even before you typed it in our in our group chat, like, when I was reading over the article, I was like, man, I had to, like, double-take it and read it <laughs> again. I was like... I Because, you, know, you know, I was just reading through on my phone... And I was like, wait a second, did that say 50 years? And like, I scrolled back and was like, 50. And I was like, huh, I swear I thought they said 100. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, that's interesting. But, and then, um, like, even to get off the speculation, because we'll have a whole podcast speculating this show, especially if that that 50 holds. Um, But, but um, with the time release of it, it's like, the question is, what is summer to Lucasfilm? Is it, is it, is it June like Kenobi, or is it gonna be, or is it gonna be August like Andor? So, and, and like the only thing that worries me about that is like, if it comes out August, that means Skeleton Crew or Andor is gonna get pushed because you know we only have enough time because you know you have say eight weeks for say if this show comes out beginning first week of August. It'd be four weeks of August, four weeks of September. Then you have to have a little time off of October in between. And then November would be the next Star Wars show. And then, you know, it'd be November through the end of 2024. So it's like, 
if this show comes out in August, like we're only going to get two Star Wars shows this year, live action, anyways. I I've been prepared for that to happen. Yeah, I've been prepared for that to happen. They've mentioned, <laughs> by the way, to clarify, they've mentioned fifty years twice in the same article. So that's not just like quick like oh error. okay like, uh, okay so twice so it's i don't know it's only from one source though they could be getting some but it's not like it was a grammatical error they, but, they... but see that's that's an interesting thing though with them that being their scoop they obviously heard it from someone collider has um pretty good good sourcing i would say and it's like and with them mentioning it twice it it does like the can of worms i think is just all over the floor now because it could this show could go any direction like like it could i mean i don't know like this 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 could be like a rogue one situation where we have these main characters and then they get knocked off by the end of the series and it's like oh wait actually the main characters these other people yeah, and I mean, you, I don't know. I and, think and I mean, I mean, it's the Sith. Like the thing is with people, like that. That's another thing too with people too when we're talking about this show is like, like, hey, you know, people may not like that idea of like, say, like the main character, other Sith characters in the show getting taken out. But like, that is like the rule of two with the Sith. Like, if they introduce Plagueis, for example, at some point in the series, like, you know, someone's dying. So, um, especially with the way the rule of two was really like, you know, just Darth Maul and Palpatine at that time or whatever, basically like, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting dude, just to see what they do mm. with this, um, with the 50 year thing. That's, that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. So only time will tell maybe, maybe tomorrow as we're filming this, maybe, maybe they'll drop a trail at Super Bowl and literally just confirm, put out a press release, update it to say 50, say it's coming out in June. And it'll make all of us very, very happy. But until then, I think that wraps up this week's show. Uh, ben, thanks for having me on this very, very busy episode. A lot of news going from video games to movie re-releases to, to Star Wars sports and everything in between action figures. It was one of those episodes where we go in thinking, oh, it's going to be a slow week. And heck no, was it far from it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely... Um, I wasn't expecting... Us do have a lot to talk about, really, especially with, you know, just, just I don't know, it just feels like we were kind of like an in-between period for Star Wars, like leading up to Bad Batch. I wasn't expecting any news at all. Um, so it was a good, like, refreshing way to, um, you know, to end the week, especially after me being sick all week and still being sick, as some people can hear. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be cool and exciting. And I, I, um, yeah, I mean, hey, if they drop an Acolyte trailer, who knows? They might drop an Acolyte trailer tomorrow, and we see young Mace Windu and Darth Plagueis in the trailer. <laughs> uh, that's one way um, to get people sign up for Disney+, like, Plus, that's for sure. You recruit, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you recruit the 1.3 million users they lost real quick with that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. If you, if you flash a Darth Plagueis for a millisecond on the screen tomorrow night, um, that'll instantly gain some subscribers, I could say that, um, if you're Disney. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall... Really good week for Star Wars news, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, if you want to find me talking more Star Wars and fitness and sports, especially tomorrow, find me on Twitter and Instagram at RealBenMaynard. And then you can find our other co-host, Milton, on Twitter at MiltonWeber7 or his Instagram where he's, like, pretty active there, always posting his fitness and workout stuff at Milton7Weber. 
Yes, and you can find me right here on this YouTube channel, youtube.com slash starraptor. You can find me on my blog where I just put up my first written video game review for Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. That's at starraptor.substack.com. Please subscribe. It's free. You can do that. And you can also find me a lot on the Star Wars Underworld channel this week. I was there quite often. Uh, I did a stream for Tractor Beam on Wednesday, as I mentioned with our, our uh, interview with the writer, comic book writer Ethan Sachs on his run of Bounty Hunters and his upcoming run on Django Fett, which I cannot wait for, by the way. Um, and I was also on their flagship podcast, Star Wars Underworld, also on the Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel, talking about every, a lot of things we talked about today. We really got into the weeds with this video game stuff and everything else. So more thoughts on that. You could check that out over there. Also, you could download this podcast on any podcast streaming app of your choice on Apple on Spotify and please make sure to give us a review and please on this channel subscribe hit the like button all that good stuff and we'll be back to our normal time next week Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern and we'll be giving you guys our predictions for season three of the Bad Batch our big Bad Batch preview because we are less than two weeks away Ben we're getting close and it's going to be that time of the year every episode Gotta love it, reviewing episodes. Sometimes yep. we'll be reviewing three episodes, sometimes two episodes that week, sometimes just one episode, but it's sure to be a good old time over there. So for Milton, who couldn't be here, for Ben, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Star After, that's going to do it for Outer Rim Transmission, episode 140. Thanks for watching. 